Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. My UK Tech Weekly Podcast brings all the boys to the yard, and they're like, (laughs) it's better than yours. Damn right it's better than yours. And that's because it is yours. Your favourite podcast coming at you every Friday like a breeze block of audio pain. This is the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, a weekly infotainment pill from the editors of PC Advisor, Tech World, Macworld UK and Computer World UK. Every seven days, we get the drinks in at a down-at-heel audio boozer, throwing audio darts at an audio dartboard in order to bring you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. You can hear us thanks to our sponsor, Audio-Technica, and find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't forget to subscribe, review, and tell your friends. Do it right now, listener. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the absolutely tip-top Chris Martin, Consumer Tech Editor of PC Advisor. Big up. The hip-hop don't stop Scott Carey, Online Editor of TechWorld.com. Sup. And the decrepit backstreet chip shop that is David (laughs) Price, Acting Editor of Macworld UK. Thank you very much. This week we are talking about Apple's doom, Facebook's boom, and the way that games consoles are shaking up the front room. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need roads. David Price. Money talks, money talks. Dirty cash, I want you. Dirty cash, I need you more. (laughs) David, Apple is doomed. Discuss. Apple is not doomed. Uh, I'm not having that at all. Uh, Apple is fine, I think. Well, I'm not sure I'm willing to stand by that, actually. I've changed my mind already. Uh, But they're not doomed. They are um, just having what Tim Cook calls... Uh, a challenging but busy quarter. So we had the the uh, financial results this week, yeah? Yes, exactly. Uh, and it's the first time in uh, 13 years that Apple has reported a decline year on year in quarterly revenue. Okay, which, so, uh, so that's not losing money, it's making less money. No, it, it's, exactly. It's still making um, huge, obscene amounts of money. Over $10 billion in revenues, would that be right? Uh, well over. It's made uh, $50.6 billion That's more than quarter. $10 billion. <laughs> <laughs> So considerably more. Um, but that compares to $58 billion uh, in the same quarter last year. Sure. Um, and this is, it's the sort of thing where people look at the graph and they're wondering, where is it going from here? Um, they're still doing amazingly well, clearly, which is why I don't think they're doomed. But... Um, they wonder about the direction. Maybe this is. Maybe they've passed the peak. Maybe they're on the way downwards now, um, and it could be a long, drawn-out 
um, decline. Long drawn out profitable decline. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, like IBM or something, you know. Well, exactly. Um, yeah, I, as I said, I, I think they're, I think they're doing okay. Um, there's a lot of excuses we could go into. So um, what what is the, um, because I'm reading reports of decline in sales of major product lines. So yeah. what's, what's the reality? Across what? the board. Right. Basically, everything significant is down between sort of 10 and 20% right. on the same quarter last year, which is not good reading. Um, iPhone sales are down. iPad sales are down. Again, they always are. Um, Mac sales are slightly down. The only areas where Apple is growing is um, its two smallest categories, which it calls uh, other products, which includes the Apple Watch. Um, that's up uh, 29% on last year. It's not the Apple Watch is up 29%, but the right, other products category. Right, because there's category. some controversy about that, because they won't say sales of the Apple Watch. Yeah, they're a bit, they're a bit weird about that. They, they haven't said how many it's sold. Unofficially, it is it is believed that uh, they've sold between twelve and thirteen uh, million units okay. of the of the Apple Watch across the first year. That's right. not in a quarter, um, which isn't huge. That's going to be about it's going to be contributing one one and a half billion dollars per quarter, um, and it is good for a, a first year of a product. Uh, New category of products. As yeah, well, exactly. It's that still is... outsold. It outsold all of the Android Wear Absolutely. watches put together, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's completely dominated the category, and and I would say again that is that twelve to thirteen million units. If that's right, is Sounds that's quite healthy. Actually. That's more than double what the iPhone did in its first year. So... And it's a first gen product. Exactly. What's so... in the rest of that category of other products? Uh, iPods. Things like uh, that. Um, that's nice. Accessories, <laughs> and stuff like that. And ice, sweet. maybe. And oh, there, yeah. there was another category you said. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yes, uh, and the other one is services. And services is the one that they're talking about a lot, and which right. includes um, the App Store and uh, Apple Music, Apple Pay, things like that. Sure. Uh, and that is up twenty uh, percent, and that's contributing six billion dollars to uh, the revenue, which is uh, which is monkey peanuts compared to the iPhone, which is uh, even with its decline, is still contributing thirty three billion. The thing with services is they're always hugely profitable, yeah, because you don't have to make a physical yeah, thing. Exactly. Surely exactly. Apple Music is not contributing a lot to that services package. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, it's I I don't use Apple Music. I'll be honest, uh, but I don't use Spotify either. I I think it's getting quite a lot of share, mm. um, but I always find it a bit sort of like voodoo the way they make money from streaming services because mm. you, you always try and do the numbers on Spotify figures and you think where where is that actually well Spotify famously doesn't they basically really don't make money, money do they yeah. um, so presumably even if yeah so even if yeah. Apple Music is doing well it can't be making a lot you must be right there yeah yeah so then I mean so as always happens with any kind of Apple results uh, oh and by the way the question I meant to ask with the iPhone does that include any iPhone SE sales or no no uh, okay, so, so this it's significant as well this, say, yeah it? so this is the quarter ended uh, 26 of march and the iphone se was launched on the 31st of march um and tim cook did actually say that um and he wouldn't give again uh, specific numbers but he said that early demand for the iphone se has outstripped supply yeah well that's the sort of thing people always say yeah. Um, but anecdotally i get the impression it's a very popular product and, and we expected it to be popular because uh it's a sort of um Belated update to what I believe is a still popular line of of product, which yeah, is the small, the smaller, the ones. small iPhone. And also, there will be some people who would have waited for the launch of it who wouldn't have bought an iPhone who might otherwise have bought an iPhone. Exactly. There's a whole thing about upgrade cycles affecting yeah. these numbers. 
which is um, well. So you partly you've got the the small iPhones were were not updated for two and a half years. Yeah, uh, and they finally have been just after the results are published. So I would hope there might be some uh, rays of sunshine from that in the next few quarters. Um, and also, Apple does this thing where one year it does uh, it brings out the iPhone six, whatever you know, a full a full number upgrade. Um, which is large as a bigger screen or as a physical redesign. And then the next year it does an S-Class, yeah. uh, which is less of a... It was supposed to be anyway, less like of the, an Like the uh, Intel TikTok. Yeah, exactly. It's the two I was going to say. Exactly, the TikTok. Jinx. Um, so, so those two things together would mean that you wouldn't expect a lot of people to upgrade to the... Sure. Um, the which probably wouldn't have a, a hugely significant impact overall, but will have a slight dampening effect. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, so last, we, and last year was an outlier anyway. It was... Because it was so successful, it was it was a very successful product. Um, there were some issues with um, delays in manufacturing, which meant that some Q1 sales of right. the success were pushed back into Q2. Right, and they they just opened up a lot of channels in China, um, so they were selling a lot there. And this this time round, China hasn't been so good for Apple, um, which they're saying is is a lot to do with the strength of the Hong Kong dollar which means that um, Hong Kong is having issues with shopping and tourism because everything has got more expensive there um, that they're importing from other countries. Is this typically Apple's not-so-good quarter? Yeah. It, it's, yeah, so it's seasonal anyway. W- yeah, but we only ever compare it to yeah the yeah. equivalent one last yeah. year. Um, so I suppose the interesting thing is this idea of declining sales in all major product lines. Or is it is it declining sales or is it declining growth of sales? Because they're all new sales, so it's declining sales but it still represents new business every time you sell a product, I guess. Uh, yeah. So, so I suppose the point I'm trying to get at is, is it inevitable after a while as tech becomes more long-lasting for a start? I mean, you could mm. have an iPhone that you bought four years ago that's still working fine, probably. Yeah. Well, there was that... seeing, and then is there saturation, do we think, maybe to an extent? Well, yeah. You, you would have to assume that most people that want an iPhone have got an iPhone. Um, so they are now at the point of persuading people that the iPhone they bought two years ago mm. isn't good enough, um, which is sort of um, a counterintuitive way of, of working, because at the time you said it was the best iPhone ever. Well, it, it is, it's amazing that that whole everybody upgrading their phones one or two every one or two years thing has taken hold, mm. and is certainly in affluent countries, certainly in the more affluent people in affluent countries, is kind of a normal thing yeah. to be on an upgrade uh, cycle. It's not. It's not a good thing. I, I have to say, <laughs> what, what's happening is it's it's getting harder and harder for them to persuade mm. people to upgrade because yeah. there isn't new tech that's dramatically better in the yeah. next model yeah. to make people want to. Because, yeah. like we've said in various podcasts, smartphone technology is peaking or has peaked. Yeah, it's so, good enough, isn't it? So there is obviously a lot of speculation over the iPhone Seven. Oh, it's not going to be very good. Mm. It's not going to be a big jump. Because there isn't that much yeah, you can do to it. To jump in, yeah, we've basically perfected the phone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's probably quite hard to say. But did this sort of thing ever sort of happen under Jobs? It probably happened too fast, didn't it? Where it went iPod, iPhone, iPad all really quickly and there was no time for one to particularly stagnate yeah. like this. But typically, I guess this is where Apple would bring out a blockbuster product that would yeah. buoy the, the well, whole company. Well, it would in Jobs 2.0. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah. First time around, then, they've been called doomed many, many yeah, times. Absolutely. That's what I mean, I'm saying, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Apple was, to all intents and purposes, doomed, and that's why Jobs was brought back mm. because the, the company was 
you know, they had nothing left to lose essentially. So he brought back the maverick founder to have a burn at fixing things, yeah. uh, and he did that extremely successfully. And that's one of the questions I was going to ask to to everybody really is 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 there um, uh, uh, an, an analogy with a previous company? Because I'm not sure there is. Because I think Apple is unprecedented in its success. Certainly as a hardware manufacturer, mm. it is the most profitable company in history. So where things go from now with the the sort of speed of um, hardware upgrades slowing a lot um, is really fascinating. Mm. Uh, and and we, uh, I think you did this, David. You put a poll on the Macworld UK site asking Macworld readers who are, in principle, at least pro-Apple, w- where they saw the future. And it makes for interesting reading, I think, mainly because the, the results are so split. Um, 20% of respondents said... The future is a big, exciting launch to get things back on track, which is kind of what you were saying there, Scott. Um, but then 31% said steady progress and a return to growth, and 30% said flat revenues but nothing disastrous. So that's nearly two-thirds of respondents um, basically saying it, it's kind of all right, the company's making money, but don't expect a, a massive change. And 19% said this is the beginning of the end, which, you know, who knows, but I personally feel is absolutely not the case no. you've got a hugely successful company that still makes hugely successful products but possibly has reached the peak of its success in certainly in maybe the uk and the us hitting the apex is not the end of the world is it especially when you look at these figures it's just that you know it makes headlines to say they're doomed but actually they're mm. still making fistfuls of cash from these products yeah i think you're you're going to be talking about facebook revenues later yeah right? i am yeah um so i don't want to tread on your toes too much but i believe that the numbers you're going to be talking about despite them being you know blockbuster smash figures are considerably lower they oh it's embarrassing like yeah five billion or i'm about to yeah. bang on um about uh, a figure which is going to be a fifth of apple's service revenue so um, that puts that in perspective. Yeah, so that's why the, all the headlines about the, the negative headlines are really annoying to me. Yeah. Because like how many companies that rival Apple would trade places with them in the, you know, at the drop every, of a hat one, yeah. to have those kind of figures? Yeah. The, the reason why it happens and the reason why it matters is the sort of unique nature of shareholding in tech and specifically US shareholding in tech. So you get a company like Amazon whose stock price has gone up and down over the years but has always been a buy stock or generally speaking always been a buy stock actually very rarely made a profit in its history. Mm-hmm. And the fact is that Apple is a hugely expensive stock because it's such a successful company but if you're a stockholder you saw whatever it was 10% wipes off the share price the yeah. other day. Yeah. Um, it, it, in terms of a business it is meaningless but if you're a shareholder then yeah. it makes it. Fair enough yeah. But so, then, okay, so uh, let's move on to the Facebook story yeah. in one second. But let's just quickly go around the room. How do you like them apples? Mum's apple pie or rotten to the core? Chris. Mum's apple pie. David Price. I think mum's apple pie is uh, is not as tasty as it once was. Oof. <laughs> but it is still mum's apple Your pie. Your mum's apple pie. I hope she's not listening. Tasty. It's not, <laughs> not quite as sweet. Maybe, maybe somebody gave her bad apples to put in it. It's not her fault. <laughs> I'll okay. never blame my mum for her apple pie. Anyway, <laughs> it's fine. Let's leave your mum out of this. Scott Carey, mum's um, apple pie or rotten to the core? McDonald's apple pie? I like oh. them. Really? It's yeah, like eating the like inside of the sun. <laughs> <laughs> don't be patient, Matt. Okay, good. Right, we'll take a short break, having 
fully uh, discussed and come up with an answer to that question. And when we get back, we will be talking Facebook. Scott Carey. Money! It's a crime. Share it fairly, but don't take a slice of my pie. Scott, Facebook is set to rule us all. Explain. Firstly, did you Google songs with the word money in the <laughs> title this morning? I had a prediction before we I started. I thought it was going to be Pink Floyd. but yeah. I might have. I was wrong. I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to put Pink Floyd first, but I thought I didn't know what the demographic was. So I went for the more recent. 80s. <laughs> <laughs> also, awkward time signature to try and do yeah. in a podcast with yeah, no and, backing. And key. Took it on. <laughs> I think I just uh, demonstrated. Anyway, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook. Um, so, yeah, as I was saying a second ago, they have announced um, their quarterly results for Q1 and their profits uh, are up to $1.51 billion, which is triple uh, what it was year, uh, last this time last year. You'd take it, right? I mean, it's you, good you'd, you'd take it. I mean, as I said earlier, it is, um, you know, nearly, it's less than a fifth of what Apple makes out of its services, which includes Apple Music, which is embarrassing. But other than that, it's, um, it's very strong. Uh, it's 2% up on what, um, stock, what the street assumed it was going to be. Uh, operating income is 11% up on the street. Um, so it's all very, very positive. And it's mostly driven by ad revenue and in particular mobile ad revenue, which they are absolutely dominating. Sure. Um, their ad revenue was $5.2 billion for the quarter, which is um, up 75%. It, no, sorry, it is 75% of all of their ad revenue. Did you say um, estimates on the street? Yes. Like the man on the street? Wall Street. Oh, oh, I thought you meant I'll hug you there. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, yeah, this is this is by any measure a really impressive performance, isn't it? Revenues up fifty percent in the quarter overall. I think they're saying now one point six five billion users who spend on average more than fifty minutes a day. Yeah. Although interestingly, it's it, all these uh, the Facebook group, aren't they? So it's uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Messenger. Yeah. The users thing is very interesting because I do remember about a year ago when everyone was saying, or maybe it was a couple of years ago, mm. that Facebook was doomed. Yeah, it's good. Um, and all everyone was, was uh, it was becoming saturated. People were becoming tired of it. The kids were all leaving. Um, but yeah, it's it's up 15% to 1.6 billion, um, which is the fastest growth they've seen in active users. Uh, monthly active users is the metric they use in sure. two years. Um so it, it definitely is, um, it remains relevant and it seems to be growing all the time, um, possibly in markets where mobile um, yeah. web is growing as well. Well, that's a really interesting thing. I mean, there's a couple of things I think here. We were talking about shareholder revenue just before. Um, and I remember when Facebook went for its IPO, there were lots of naysayers because there there was no profit in Facebook. But the whole point was potential profit because this is an organisation to which billions of people give its data and advertising these days depends entirely on data. So from a shareholder point of view, this is really interesting because all of a sudden the company that was that was valuable because of what it might potentially do is starting to achieve that potential. Yeah, and you look at um, the the other sort of social network, um, Twitter, who is really struggling. They, yeah. you know, their, their results are... Are very poor at the moment and they're, they're really struggling to capture that ad revenue um what facebook seems to have done since 2013 is really dominate that mobile ad space yeah um and they are now starting to reap the benefits they are you know 5.2 billion is is a huge amount for a quarter in in well, that it, space it's done a couple of things as well um which which make twitter look quite 
um, uh, unfavorable by comparison. Um, it's mobile and it's video, and in both cases, um, Facebook's very quickly ramped up into this space uh, as a serious player in the. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. ...advertising market, um, and it's done so by uh, dealing with the innovator's dilemma. It's, it's murdered its darlings. Uh, and one of the problems that Twitter's got, I think, is that Twitter is slightly beholden to its uh, hardcore users who love it, but don't like any change that happens. Whereas if you think about how constantly Facebook's interface changes and they add new features or they add new products, actually, um, and you do occasionally get this kind of um, uh, negative feedback from the existing user base, but it's it's breaking things that work in order to strategically move to the things that are important. Video, fascinating. Facebook was nowhere in video. It literally had no video two years ago. And now after YouTube, by a mile, it's the it's the next biggest um, video advertising media. Yeah, and I think it's planet. closing the gap really, really oh, yeah, fast. Yeah, really quickly, yeah. Because why would you go to YouTube if you could share something on Facebook that everybody's going to see anyway? Yeah. Um. I think the the interesting thing also is that um the the contribution from Instagram here. Yeah. Um because Instagram um is now an advertising platform as well since uh, Facebook bought it. Um I remember when Facebook bought Instagram for a billion there were a lot of raised eyebrows. Um again it was another platform that didn't have any sort of monetization. But according to a lot of the figures I'm seeing and these aren't official because Facebook don't segment um their mobile ad revenue but it looks like Instagram's contributing around seven hundred million dollars uh, wow. to that five point two billion figure already, wow. which is is not chump change considering they only started advertising about a year ago. Well, and, and they obviously paid a billion dollars for it. Yeah, and it's a mobile only platform, so all of their ad revenue is mobile ad revenue. Um, so, I mean, if it keeps going at that rate, that one billion valuation, I mean, they're going to bypass, they're going to surpass it 
fivefold um, within the next couple of years. Amazing performance. How does everybody feel about Facebook taking over the world in this way? Generally, I generally don't like Facebook to use. I respect it as a as a business. I think it's interesting what you were saying earlier about Apple um, having no sort of precedent and. Um, Facebook is very much like that in yep. terms of social networks. Is we got used to this cycle of of MySpace and Friends Reunited yeah. and all those other ones, which are now the punchlines of jokes. Bebo. And Fa- and Facebook just kept evolving. Yeah. And and we you, know, you have other ones like Twitter that have come after it. And again, they are not evolving in the same way. I think that's Facebook the fascinating has. thing about Facebook is that is that every time it sort of feels like it's making a misstep, they acquire something or they develop the core product, mm. and it seems to. And there isn't a precedent apart from Google, actually. Because mm-hmm. Facebook is becoming that kind of advertising medium that Google is. Um, obviously, a completely different user experience and a completely different set of tools for the user. But, you know, again, I remember um, someone telling me uh, a couple of years ago um, that, you know, Facebook isn't a social network anymore. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, think about how you use it. It's a, it's a means of sharing content. It's a publishing medium. I, you know, I think that's slightly extreme. I think it is a social network that's also a publishing medium. But it didn't used to be. That's happened in the past two or three years, you know. I do think their success is definitely testament to, um, and he might not even get the amount of credit he deserves. It is testament to Zuckerberg's yeah. leadership. Um, every time he does something, it raises a lot of eyebrows, like the Instagram purchase. Yeah. And then he just manages to turn it into something profitable. And you look at someone like Twitter and they chop and change the leadership. Mm. You look at um, Google and the way they've sort of fractured their leadership. Um, to to good success, but but Facebook just seems to go st- from strength to strength under what is looking like a prodigiously talented leader. Well, he's he's either making great decisions or he's allowing other people to make those decisions. Yeah, and I think the best decision makers always do have people yeah. around them that allow them to make the best but it, decisions, but it is... as Game of Thrones has taught us. <laughs> oh God, it took I us, brought it took back. Us, took us twenty minutes to get there. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely, and it is again. It is probably unprecedented for someone to go from start up in a student dorm room to this size of business mm-hmm. um, as the CEO all the way through. Yeah, and mm-hmm. to maintain the level of control he has, almost yeah. dictatorial control over the company, considering they've IPO'd and, and everything um, that surrounds that. Well, they're doing some interesting things, there, aren't they? Because uh, they're they're going to. Uh, Introducing non-voting exactly. Yeah, so I wasn't going to get into this because I don't understand. It, <laughs> but <laughs> well, it's basically he. It, you know, they want to be able to um, create more liquidity and allow people to invest in Facebook. I think also he wants to give away shares yeah. without losing control. Exactly. Of the so, yeah. so he doesn't he, want to own the money. He wants to give away ninety-nine percent of his wealth mm. and still be a very rich man. Um, but which I think. It's indisputably to his credit, um, but he doesn't want to, in doing so, lose control of the company. Yeah, so his priority is control, which is interesting. Yeah, but he doesn't seem to have an emotional attachment to the to the to the product. Or the he doesn't product. seem to have an emotional attachment to much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, normally when you have a, a company like this, then you have the uh, the visionary founder. Yeah. This is exactly what you were talking about, really. And then when they decide to right, we've got the market share, we've got the cool factor. Now we're going to make some money. Then yeah. they bring in the grizzled old head. Yeah. But he is—he is the grizzled old head. He's yeah. quite happily said, right, I'll just change Facebook and turn it into this money-making mm. um, behemoth, um, which I, as I said, I no longer enjoy using because it's all just businesses yeah. pushing content at you now. But um, cool factor is an interesting phrase because it definitely has lost its cool factor, yeah. but it doesn't seem to be but affecting it's got, them. It's got ubiquity. That's the thing. Yes. It's not Facebook isn't cool. It's almost gone beyond that. Actually. But you, but it's kind of part of your life. Whether you you know to the point that people when people start saying actively, oh, I don't use Facebook, then you kind of know it's there. 
because people are making like a decision. Well, it's like the iPhone, actually. Yeah. You know, four or five years ago, you know, the, the initial cool set started using like the Galaxy S3, but it was kind of a statement to do so because the iPhone was so dominant in the high-end smartphone market. Yeah. And David Television is obviously an interesting comparison because that was the dominant advertising yeah. platform for years and now Facebook seems to be on its way to being the new dominant advertising platform. Well, I think Google would have something to say about yeah. that, but it's but it's a challenger, certainly. But the I way yeah, mobile web usage and is yeah. starting to overtake desktop, um, you can start seeing Facebook being the dominant force there. I feel the same as David, really. Like They're clearly making good business decisions and, and evolving Facebook to make money, but the result, for me personally, is a much worse experience yeah. than it used to be. Yeah, no I've doubt. been using Facebook since it was available only to certain universities so the the change has been quite dramatic since then yeah um and these days i kind of most of the time i go on it annoys me to a fairly large extent because it's just, just auto playing videos it's the just it's the videos compared to like the posts that used to come up were like oh somebody's done something interesting and i and i want to interact with that now it's like some page has a video and then there's another video and then there's an ad then there's another video and I, I don't really want to watch all these videos I just want I'm actually trying to find out what my friends and family are up to yeah I want to know which of my 18 friends are running the marathon <laughs> yeah but listen don't uh, listen listener don't, don't, don't forget to like the UK Tech Weekly podcast Facebook page of course and we'll push content at you relentlessly <laughs> I don't think we have one actually do we anyway <laughs> so that's how we feel about things what do we think is going to happen with Facebook uh, is success going to continue? Do you think? Probably, because I like, even though it annoys me, I can't like imagine not having it because I rely on it so much yeah. to keep in contact with so many people and things that are going on that I just kind of just do it. Grip, I just it. kind of grip my teeth and I deleted it from my phone, and now I I almost never use it. I occasionally go to the URL facebook dot com, which yeah. feels really old fashioned, but. No, it's extremely ingrained in a lot of people's lives, and and you look at that that sort of act, monthly active user figure, and um, regardless of how many people might be wanting to turn away from it, it is completely embedded in a lot of people's lives. Um, my mother, for example, can not stand to miss a single post on her <laughs> Facebook feed, so she is like the prime consumer of Facebook, and there are a lot of people out there that yeah. that use it for that to keep up with everything. So, well, I mean, it's all about people's mums today. Interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah, there, there are there are people, for instance, that I went to university with, whenever that was, twenty years ago, um, and in the past, you'd ha- I would have like their numbers in my phone, and now what I've got is you know, or their email address, and now actually. I might I might message them on Facebook on their birthday or something like that. And that's kind of it's like the like the address book. That doesn't necessarily last forever, but I think the thing that's interesting to me is as discussed, Facebook's managed to uh, transform its business several times in the past few years. So why wouldn't it continue to do so really? Interesting. Okay, let's go around the room. Uh, like, love, wow, haha, sad or angry. Chris Martin. <laughs> angry. Ooh, wow. David Rush, wow. Scott Carey. Uh, like. Like. I think I'm a like too. Yeah. Not what I love. Okay, good. We'll take a brief break and then when we come back, we're going to be playing games. Chris Martin. For you, I was a flame. Love is a losing game. Five story fire as you came. Love is a losing game. 
<laughs> well done. But who has been playing a winning game in the games console world? Uh, good question. Well, <laughs> so the news I have for you this week is that um, Nintendo has announced a release date for its upcoming console, which is at the moment just called the Nintendo NX, which is the code name. Right. Um, and it, it was supposed to come out this year, um, I think, or rumours suggested it would come out this year. Nintendo said they would definitely give us some information this year, and they have done, um, and it's coming out March 2017. Okay. Um, what kind yeah. of console we're talking about here? Is this like the Wii replacement, or? Uh, it's a little bit unclear at the moment. Right. There's lots of kind of, oh, here's a kind of almost like a hand drawing of what the controller might look like, okay. and, and square, most of it's been about the controller. Right. Um, so I think the console itself would be, you know, more powerful, have better hardware and stuff. Um, but it's really what they do with the controller, which is quite interesting. Um, the rumours at the moment suggest kind of there's like this oval shaped one that might have like a screen going all the way across it. Right. Um, so you, stuff happens. It'll probably be touchscreen because um, the Wii U gamepad at the moment has a touchscreen, but it would probably be a more sophisticated one like you'd find on your tablet or your smartphone. But it's interesting from a positioning point of view because the Wii was a great success because it was the first console that kind of took gaming away from being a gamer. You know, it was like a social device. You didn't, yeah. you know, and so it didn't matter that it wasn't the most powerful. It was aimed at getting people to sort of socially play games together. Yeah. Uh, it's, but then it's quite tricky to um, sort of update that in a weird way um, without getting into competition with the high-end devices. Or am I getting that wrong? Well, nobody's going to care about the specs of the next Wii. That's what I mean. Exactly, because yeah. not as much. That no. wasn't what it was sold on. I think I think Nintendo's done a good job recent, like the past couple of consoles, of getting a nice balance between a fun family yeah. device that everyone can just pick up and use without really knowing what they're doing, but also having some decent games for the hardcore gamers yeah. that want to play the single player game and get really into it. Um, well, has the Wii U done well then? Has it sold? Because I got not, the question. Not massively. So, I mean, obviously, with the other financial results, Nintendo has announced uh, its financial results. Then I don't have any numbers in front of me, but it's not particularly good. Um, but their new mobile app, so the first, their first mobile app, Miitomo, has had 10 million users uh, already, and it only came out a few weeks ago. Um, so that's looking quite good. Uh, and there's going to be another two uh, this autumn, which are based on Animal Crossing and Fire Emblem, which are much more popular uh, franchises than. We're all looking blank. Me, Tomo. <laughs> Fire. <laughs> no, no. So it, that that's what I was thinking is that they are making great strides in mobile and maybe even handheld gaming, which is where Nintendo have been really successful over yeah. the years. So why are they putting their money into building a um, console and that will might go against? PlayStation and Xbox, which are going to dominate the market regardless. Uh, good question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the you Wii, the Wii has always been uh, like fighting against the PlayStation and the Xbox, mm. but the, I, I thought the, they did a brilliant job with the Wii actually, because and it yeah. was it was roundly mocked when it was launched, but again, it it was a different category of device, whereas yeah. PlayStation and Xbox One are aimed at being, or they're hoping to move those devices to be almost like your set-top box, your your entire um, home entertainment system. We was unashamedly a lower spec, more fun 
thing. Yeah. That, and like like a lot of households, we've got a wee in our house that probably comes out two or three times a year when the when my nephews and nieces are staying, and it's a fun and they ask for it because it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think is, almost Xbox and PlayStation are more competing with PC almost yeah. because they're trying to be like this is the best graphics, this is the best performance you can get. Um, it's also trying to nudge their way into the set-top box market which is tough yeah I mean you can get apps on the Wii but they never kind of advertised it as being amazing for that kind of thing so you could you can get Amazon and YouTube on it I use my Wii for Amazon Instant Video exactly Um, it does work but it's not very like the the performance isn't very good but the so the Wii U hasn't been the best success Um, um, their forecast has kind of just dropped and dropped and dropped for it um, so I guess there's still a market for people wanting to buy Nintendo consoles. You know, they have a large fan base basically worldwide, yeah. including myself. So I'll probably buy the new one when it comes out, almost regardless of what they do with it. Because well, they have this, they have a huge stockpile of goodwill towards their yeah. intellectual properties. Uh, that that is going Mario. to last. Mario, yeah. Zelda, Pokemon. You know, these yeah. are all just beloved. The disappointment um, is that the 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 big game that everyone's been waiting for on the Wii U is the new Zelda game. Mm-hmm. But that has been delayed already, and now it's been delayed further, and will now launch on the NX and the Wii U simultaneously. So it's not a dedicated Wii U game. So I'm, so it's I'm slightly like, confused about the positioning of the NX. Is it just an upgrade on the Wii, or is it more? Well, we don't know, because yeah. I haven't announced it properly. It will It will be announced fully this year, ahead of its launch next year, but so far, it's all just all oh, some guy with a development kits posted some details on Reddit okay, and, okay. and this, that, and the other. So who knows what's right and wrong? Like a lot of leaks, I, I, I imagine a lot of it will be right. But I surely think, it will uh, have some sort of gimmick. I mean, that, that that's the path they followed: is that the Wii yeah. had motion control, yeah. and then everybody copied yeah. them. So then for the Wii U, they were like, "Oh right." Then they had to come up with the separate controller with a screen, and people didn't like that gimmick. It wasn't good enough. But I think I think that it's almost like the word gimmicks kind of wrong. I know it's, you mean. it's unfair you know, because to call because it that, but... because I think the, the point with the Wii was that the the motion sensor stick still works brilliantly. Yeah. It, it's it's it, look at the graphics, look at the little stick men that that you become. It's fine. You don't. Need, it's like the idea that an animation needs to look real. It doesn't. It's just something different, and it works perfectly well. What's everyone's favorite Pokemon? Shall I do my same joke? Yeah. Uh, Huawei. (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't believe that's come out again. You've got a favourite Pokemon, haven't you, Chris? Uh, I've got a few. Yeah. Uh, Blastoise. Such geeks. One of you. (laughs) How do you get Pikachu on a bus? Uh, Pokemon. Brilliant. (laughs) We all pretended we didn't know the Pokemon. (laughs) Yeah, we all. Okay. Uh, Did did everybody know? By the way, I found this out this morning. Uh, that um, Nintendo owns the Seattle Mariners um, baseball team. I didn't. What? Do they do any like gimmicky like sponsorship stuff? Well, I, th- I think they're trying to sell it. But um, yeah, I knew yeah. that. Nintendo I didn't know that at all. Owns a baseball franchise. Fact. Wow. Good. Okay. So let's go around the room, taking into consideration the NX coming out next year. Whose colours are we? Uh, uh, are we? Uh, whose mast are we sticking our colours to? To whose mast are we sticking our? <laughs> right. Which do you prefer? Xbox, PlayStation, Wii, or other? Chris, we know the answer. Yeah, Nintendo through and through. I've stopped using consoles. I, I use. I, I game on the iPad. If you had to choose, I'm Nintendo. Definitely. Mm. 
uh, PlayStation through and through have always had a PlayStation. And as you said earlier, set-top box. My PlayStation is my set-top box. I watch Sky through it. I watch Netflix, Amazon, Blu-ray. and play games. So it's uh, it's my entire entertainment package. My PlayStation is my Blu-ray player, but I can't remember the last time I watched a Blu-ray. <laughs> mm. Good. Okay. Well, thanks. For, thanks very much, guys, and thanks for listening to this edition of the UK Tech Weekly podcast. Listener, uh, you you're great. If you stayed this long, you're even better. Um, do uh, get in touch. Let us know your thoughts and opinions, and to uh, shake us down for cash, uh, you can tweet us at UK Tech Podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk. We will be back next week with yet more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech, courtesy of our sponsor, Audio Technica. So, in the meantime, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the other places from which you source podcasts. Podcasts podcasts um go on facebook like our page and we'll spam you with some uh, videos and um, don't forget to sub- subscribe reporters and tell your friends go on tell your friends so until then crack podcasting team say goodbye goodbye Bye. uk tech weekly podcast my business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments then tap to pay on iphone and stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.